Giants playing Holy Family. Both teams, very good. Both, both teams. Thank you. Thank you. How did? How does? How does your current team look so far? And are they going to play the season? Have a season? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, unfortunately, we have uh, canceled our season um, because of COVID. So. That's, that's obviously not great news that you want to hear, but I do think, you know, for us, with the student-athlete safety in mind, it is the best decision. Um, and the NCAA also granted, you know, for Division One, Two, II, and Three, everyone is going to have their year of eligibility back. Um, so I think that was a relief for, I know for our student-athletes, and I'm sure for yours as well, that they were going to have an additional year, even if they were going to play in 12 games or zero games, they were still going to have their year. Um, but we're excited because we have we have 12 girls on our team, but six are juniors, and we all know that upperclassmen there's a certain um, feel with them that they really buy in and it's their team and they want to win. Um, we're really lucky in a sense too that we don't have any seniors. Um, yes, senior leadership is great, but at the same time we have our players for, for two more years and longer. Um, with our freshmen and our sophomores. So we are generally a younger team, but we do have a lot of experience in our junior class. So still really excited for next year. And I know that they're really eager to play. And I think that, you know, when you're not able to play, it makes you appreciate a little bit more too. So when we get back, I know we'll be really, really excited to do that. We're in the same boat. Unfortunately, our season did get canceled. Um, so we won't be playing this year. So right now, we're just trying to make sure everybody stays in good spirits, stays um, academically in good shape, and stays connected and builds relationships with each other because we do have seven new guys to our program that we're really excited about in addition to the guys that we have coming back. I know, Steve, you said that you've seen us play, so you know we're, we've been one of the smaller teams in the CACC, uh, but we definitely went a ways to improve that. We've, we've made a point to get bigger um, in terms of strength, in terms of, of height, length, and um, we did that. And I think that um, you know we added some really good players, and the guys that we've had are, have gotten a lot better. So we were very excited to take the court this year, but it's not going to happen. So we just uh, we're looking forward to next year. But we do we do like what we have. We're excited to coach the group. You got, do you have any seniors on your team that are going to graduate? And Yes, I have. we have two. Uh, we have one, actually, who's already in grad school because he graduated um, as a junior athletically. So he's going to be able to finish out his master's degree. And we have another who is finishing this year with his undergrad, and he will be able to start starting his master's. So that's one of the other things we're trying to, you know, accentuate the positives of the situation yeah it's a good point um, you know you, you can you can get more schooling start either start your masters or finish it um catch up on some credits maybe that you fell behind on as an undergrad so you know we're trying to take the, the, the most positive you know the positive most positive outlook we can in the situation yeah and i was uh i've been uh pumping up your school there goldie beacom because i that's right by the 95 and i had a sign they cut the tuition in half, right? 
That's correct, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I said, I said if any of my kids were still in college, I would have made them transfer immediately unless they were getting a scholarship. Yeah. You were the only school I seen that did that. There was a couple other schools that said they were given like 10%, 20%. When I seen the 50%, I was like, every time I went somewhere, I was like, your kid going to college? Make sure they go to <laughs> check out Goldie Beacom. Well, we appreciate that. It's just a, about $12,000 for tuition for the year. So very inexpensive. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's what somebody was telling me. The, coach, the men's coach from Holy Family Soccer Team, George, I'm very friendly with. And he said, he goes, yeah. He said, Wilmington is still cheaper. And I was like, get out of here. He said, yeah. A little bit. I was like, oh, I forgot this old state schools. Yeah, both, both schools are great uh, great options for people. Yes. And both schools, both soccer teams are very good. Both of them. Yeah. That's all. That, Steven, you know he's the number one basketball fan of Holy Family, though. He's, a, he's got his own seat there. He's got the first seat on the fir first row. I forgot to mention Coach Haig. I, I admire Coach Haig. I forgot to say that for the previous question. Good question. Um, there's definitely a lot of great players out there, but I think, you know, in our program, we're looking for good people. Uh, people that are going to understand that being a student comes first, um, really focusing on their academics, and then someone who's going to make the right decisions, you know, when no one's watching. Like, who are they when no one's watching their character? Um, and, and we have a very diverse team. We have players from all around the world. We have um, international players on our team. We currently have three. And then we have players from all different backgrounds, different religions and cultures. So, um, you know, we... We like to include be inclusive to to any student um, that fits that model. Um, we're just looking for people that really want to be committed and they're going to be competitive and they're going to want to work hard too. Pretty similar to Bethann's answer. Uh, we really try to look for the right fit athletically, academically, and socially. So we, we want to get people that fit our product. Okay, so on the court the way we play, what we happen to be looking for in that class. Um, do we have your major? Because we want the people coming to play for us to be in the right positions for them, for the rest, to set them up for the rest of their life. So we want a, a good fit both ways. And uh, we also want people that want to be coached both X and O wise, but also off the court, because we try to get, get our young men to be prepared for life after college. So. There's a saying I heard the other day is that you can come as you are, but you can't leave as you came. So we want people that want to come in and learn from myself and my, my great coaching staff um, off the court as much as they do on the court. Absolutely. Um, but definitely people that, you know, we're going to know for the rest of our life. And um, most of them are getting older now. Some are over the age of 30. Some are married. Some are having children. Um, some are still playing. Um, so it's really exciting to follow their career. And 
you know, it's it's almost a friendship when they graduate. You're still in that coaching role, like a mentor role, but um, but you know, you go to their weddings and you celebrate their successes, and you know, it's definitely not a four year and done situation when you when you come to our program. Um, so just really <clears throat> exciting, and that's the that's the most exciting part I think is to see them get into law school or see them, you know, continuing to play or starting a family. Like those are the successes that, you know, you like to see and you like to see them happy too. Yeah, we keep in touch, um, you know, whether it's a phone call, whether it's, we have a group text with our, with the alums that, that played for me. We have, you know, a, a, an annual alumni game, uh, not this year, obviously, because of COVID, but in, in regular years, we have an alumni game that get um, former Wildcats together, not just that played for me, but also who played for the coaches that preceded me to try to form that family atmosphere as much as possible. Um, you know, I'm someone that always, I always feel like I'm not doing enough. You know, I want to talk to the alums all the time, but I also realize they have, you know, they have families of their own now and, and jobs and responsibilities. Like, like the fan said, it's great to see them have kids and, you know, progress professionally and personally. So that's that's one of the joys of coaching is number one keeping in touch, but number two, keeping tabs on your alums and, and seeing how they how they grow and how they mature. Did any of them make it professional? Yeah, we've um I was able to coach uh, as an assistant coach different players that played professionally and some are still playing now. And then we've had um, a few players in our program currently that um, you know, they've gone on and they played in Europe and then maybe like a year or two and then now they're working professionally or they're in law school. Um, so we've had that happen. Well, we've actually had a, a good number of guys who played after after college. We, we had um, Neil Thompson played in Spain. Sam Sanders played in Mexico. Um, Tyre Ponzo Meek played in Germany. Um, Nick Richards had an amazing year last year in England, where I, I think he, he made all league in, in the, um, in the, at the level that he played with the Reading Rockets. And uh, I know Jermaine Head, who graduated last year, who, you know, first team all league, led the league in scoring. Um, he has an agent, but because of COVID, I think it's tough to, to get a spot now, which I'm sure a lot of guys are in, but I know um, once this thing clears up, he's going to be able to go and have, have a lot of opportunities. Australia, yeah, a girl from Drexel we interviewed. Um, she, uh, she, you know, to get the five-year program, and her plan was the fifth year to go to do her school in Australia, and then she wanted to try to play professionally. Mm -hmm. So her goal still is when she's, she's going to graduate this May, and she's going to try to go, if it's all said and done, to give it a go at, in Australia for a women's league they have there. That's great. What is your daily schedule? Schedule like during the season. During the season and your game like ritual. So during the season, um, 
we usually practice at a little different time than most people. We we like like eight to ten thirty a.m. I know that's a really random time, but I find that our girls really like it for scheduling with class. You know, so it's in the morning. They get up. They start their day with practice. They're able to get done, eat, you know, go right to class and shower and all that stuff. And it also allows for them to get internships and. You know, if, if they have a job on campus, they're able to do that. So, so from a day to day, that's usually when we practice. If we have any other practices later in the day, maybe to lift at like 3:30 or 4:30. Um, game day, I would say we usually do some sort of shoot around, usually around like 10 a.m. Um, then they head to class, and you know, if it's a home game, they're they're getting on the floor about two hours to a, to 90 minutes before um, my pregame routine. Um, you know, I have certain spots that I like to go eat in the Golden, around Golden or in the Wilmington area. Um, I try to rotate them. I think, you know, if there's a spot that I ate at and we won, I might stick to that spot a little bit more. Um, I really don't think that any, any of that stuff matters. The superstition stuff just makes us feel like we're controlling the outcome, but we're really not. Um, and then uh, just maybe just trying to have some quiet time in my office and then my assistants come in and we're talking strategy you know even more strategy before the game and you know at that point you get to the game as we said and you just hope that you've done everything you can to get to that point to be successful so for me the only two things that i do consistently on game day are get a workout and at some point and get some coffee before the game um that I find it a little bit difficult to have a set routine. Number one, because working other jobs, um, like we talked about before, um, they don't really cater to your <laughs> to your season and having a having a game. So there might be meetings and different things that come up. So it's it's tough to plan your whole day around around just having a game. And then even you know, if you, if you look at the CACC, sometimes you're playing a game where you have your own locker room. Sometimes you have to share with um, the other team's women. Um, and out of conference games, you're you're playing by yourself. And there's no doubleheader, so it's a little tough to have a, a totally consistent routine. So those are the things that I, I try to focus on: just getting a workout, drinking some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite thing to do in your free time together? Together? Together, yeah. When you guys, when you, what he meant, what he meant was like, we were talking about it and coming up with a good question. And I said, well, how about asking what they do when they're together and they're not like, you know, practicing or playing or like that, like off season. Yeah. Um. I I think. Just spending time together. I mean, we're really, really, really basic people, probably more on the boring side than most people would probably realize. Um, you know, I think right now we're not used to being home on a random Friday afternoon in the middle of basketball season. So this is whole new territory for us with being, you know, being in COVID. Um, so for us, just really spending some time together as a family, visiting each other's families, I would say. Um, and even if it's just we're going to take our daughter for a walk in our neighborhood, um, just stuff like that, really basic stuff, just really spending time together, I would say. I would agree. I, I don't, I'm sorry, how old is your daughter? She's three. 
The very fun age. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, so, we, we have a granddaughter that's three and a half. I know my goddaughter. His goddaughter, my granddaughter. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> Go ahead, Dan. What were you saying? Uh, she takes up a lot of our time, so she really determines what we do. <laughs> um, sometimes we look at each other and we say, you know, what did what did we do before she was born? We don't even remember. Yeah. I guess we would, we would go to dinner sometimes, and um, like like the fan said, we don't really have too many hobbies. It's more just laying low and enjoying time together. When was she before? May twenty second. Yeah, there you go. Our, our granddaughter's eleven days ahead of her. May eleventh. Yes. That's right. That is so yes. funny. When I saw her picture, I said, "Man, she looks she looks around the same age as, as Ellie." Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, definitely a fun age. <laughs> Steve, asking the, your famous question now. Oh, if you could have dinner with three coaches, they could be dead or alive. Who would they be and why? And you've got to have to pick three separate coaches because you can't go together. <laughs> you want to, how about you go first? You want me to go first? Yeah, you can okay. go first. So I, I do want to say that there are a whole lot of coaches that I, I would love to sit down with. Um, really anybody that, at any level. Because I, I like to talk to people and develop relationships and things like that. But if I had to pick three, I think the first one would be Don Haskins, who coached Texas Western back in the 60s. Um, because he was the first coach to integrate his team. So I, I would love to talk to him about you know, his mindset going into that, knowing that he would have a lot of pushback. Um, so the courage that it took to do that at that time. Um, and also the success he had with it. So I'm going to talk to him about that. Uh, probably Steve Kerr, uh, coach of the Golden State Warriors, because it just seems like he has such a good relationship with his players. It seems like he has a lot of talent, yes, but it seems like they all really buy in to, you know, to what he preaches. So I'll talk about that with him. And I think the final one would be Jay Wright, because um, the track of, of his career has... You know, he, he had to rebuild Villanova, um, got him to the Final Four, and then they took a dip, and they were, you know, not real good for a couple of years. And then he rebuilt them again to where they are now, which is probably the best um, best program in the country at the moment. So I would like to talk to him about, about that whole process. Yeah, I would agree with Dan. It's definitely a hard question. You almost think categories or levels or... You know, I think we probably have our own category for, you know, different coaches that we want to meet with. But I would say right now, um, I would definitely say Doc Rivers. I'm a huge fan of his. I'm really happy the Sixers have hired him. Um, I think that he's a really good leader and he builds really good relationships with his players. So just talking with him about that. Um, next would be Dawn Staley. Um, you know, she was at Temple and then went to South Carolina and really built up their program. So there's a lot that can learn from her in the sense of building a program and sustaining it. Um, and then Kim Mulkey from Baylor, who won a national championship as a player, as an assistant coach, and as a head coach, has been very successful. So everything she pretty much touches is, is very successful. So you, you obviously would have a lot of questions for her, too. Thank you for your time, guys. Thank you very much for spending Thank time. You. Thanks for having us. Your Black, your Black Friday, which we can't go out and buy stuff, so you might as well stay home, right, Steve? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, great thank meet, you so much. Great meeting you both, and good luck when your guys' uh, season start next year. Thank you.
Thanks Thank so, you much. so much. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye. Thank you.